It's October 16th, 2021, and welcome to episode 64 of the Boob Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And Maggie. So I started crying. Mm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got my vital in and I started crying. Mm. <laughs> uh, have you even opened it? Yes. Oh, it's pretty. It's so nice. I don't have it in my frame <laughs> yet. And I actually haven't listened to it yet, which I know that sounds ridiculous. But I will, after we're done with the podcast, I'll listen to it. Um, and then I'll get it framed and hang up on my wall. I'm just glad Excellent. you can listen to it. Yes, I'm just, yeah. I am so excited. It's four years. It's been four years. And yeah. I finally have something from it. Like, I have, like, merch. So what did you buy? Maybe you should tell yeah. everybody what you oh, bought. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I mean, I guess, yes. I got to make assume that people don't always listen to us. Um, I bought the uh, vinyl from the 10 Baby Mail Years Vinyls live series, uh, the Big Fox Festival. Ooh. Uh, vinyl for that because that was my very, very first overseas baby metal show. Uh, 2017 in Osaka. And it was, it was, well, now looking back, obviously it was a very special one because that was also Yui's last show. Um, mm. And uh, so I had like merchant stuff from it, but I never had any, I didn't buy the, the big set because it was like, it's like $300 to buy like, Five di- five Blu-ray discs and then the big Fox Festival one, and I just can't really afford to do that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So I've never had anything from that show to actually like. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never actually seen or heard the full entire show in one go. So this makes me so excited because this will be the first time I actually get to listen to the whole entire show all at once. And actually, I'm about ready to cry right now. This is it's just so great. I'm just so excited. Ah, oh, yes. So enough about me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, hi. Welcome, everybody. For recording. This is awesome. All right. We're here. We're back. We're here. We're, here. we're back. We're not sealed. We're not sealed. No, we are not. We're not, we're not sealed for, for now. No, we have a lot of things we could go over. We do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the uh, we did have one episode on the feed um more recently than the dragon con panel that we that we put on the feed by the way our audio is much better <laughs> than yes, the video audio it is <laughs> so you're welcome um <laughs> but uh yeah so i guess that's that's probably basically the last event that happened and and uh we were thinking we might talk a little bit about uh, the experience of doing the Dragon Con panel and then move on to all the other stuff, the, the um, 10 Big Metal Budokan stuff uh, with that all descended upon us. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty much all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, although I, I, we didn't, we, I, you know, we thought, we thought we'll talk about the Dragon Con thing, but then we didn't actually really talk about like what we were going to say. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, uh, Kevin, did you have anything that uh, that you wanted to lead off with? Sure. You know what? I'm just, I'll just we didn't really talk about what it, what it, what we talked about what it was but not really our experience there, right? Am I remembering right. that correctly? I think so. Yeah, I okay. mean we, they they heard the uh the actual panel itself, you know, that right. that hour, but not not what led up to it and what happened after and got it. what okay. it was like being there. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told the story to friends a couple of times, so I, I can I can lead us off here. All right. Um, so yeah, we got to do a panel. This was pretty cool. Um, Professor Hartley set it up at Dragon Con, kind of on a whim. He was jokingly messaging uh, one of the con organizers, "Hey, let's let's do one of these. That'd be fun." And then. I guess it was that same day or within a couple of days, uh, it was a reality and he suddenly needed people to fill the panel and be panelists. Uh, so he reached out to all three of us on the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Maggie wasn't able to go, nope. um, but Paul and I, Paul and I were able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a bucket list item for me. I've gone to cons before. I enjoy cons, um, you know, pre-plague and all of that. Um, that was something I enjoyed doing. So kind of being on a panel is a checkbox item for me. Um, that I'm very pleased and happy that I got to check off because, you know, that's not something I'll, many people get to do. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you do the con thing, you go to panels and you're like, oh, it's pretty cool. These guys are panelists, you know, and it's always interesting. And you always kind of wonder what the behind the scenes of that They're is. And so smart and they know so much. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I never really considered myself as those things or qualified to be on a panel. But, you know, here I am buying plane tickets to Atlanta to go to Dragon Con. Um, yeah, just, we get there, meet up with Professor Hartley. We hang out, um, kind of in the morning. This is Paul's first time ever being at a convention like this, which was, I, I guess, maybe not surprising. I don't um, know. I'm slightly surprised by I, that. I went, I went to, I did go to PAX East once, which is not the quite the same thing. Yeah, it's no, not really, not really. Much more video game focused. Yes, it is. Yeah. But it's but still it's, a heck of a lot of fun, though. <laughs> similarly huge. Yes. Dragon Fury asks, what is Dragon Con exactly? That's a great question. Um, so Dragon Con is, it's a, I guess it's a comic, comic con esque, right? So it's comic books, mm-hmm. superheroes. Yeah. It used to be more anime based, but then they kind of expanded yeah. that. So it's a lot like New York comic con, mm-hmm. uh, uh, San Francisco or is it San, Fr- it's San Diego comic con, excuse me, San Man, Diego. Yeah. my nerd card. I need to get rid of it apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah. So, you know, tons of people show up. There's artists for comic books and it's just in general um, panels you can attend on all kinds of different topics from your favorite sci-fi and comic book series to major movies promoting their new movie with some of the stars and talking about it um Costumes. and it takes over the whole city of atlanta <laughs> um every, yeah, everybody's big um uh, like representation from Star Trek, like modern Star Trek, and well, actually, also Shatner was there before he yeah. went into space. Before he went into <laughs> um, space, and, uh, uh, a bunch of Doctor Who people. Uh, I didn't see <sighs> any of them. We were we were there very um, very narrowly, but yeah. um, uh, but there were you know th- that's the kind of place it is. Right. Cosplay, anime, comic books, popular culture, thousands of people descending on a city to celebrate those things and. Enjoy each other's company. That's mm-hmm. Dragon Con. Spread in over show. something like uh, five major downtown hotels, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's and big. these these hotels, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess I don't go to that many major hotels, but um, a couple of these at least were set up in a way that where they had, uh, I forget what you call it, an atrium in the middle where right. like, you know, there's sort of like a very big space and then around it are all the rooms and stuff going oh, up. Yeah. It is really just kind of like vertigo inducing when you're, <laughs> when you're up several, <laughs> like on the 18th floor looking down. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Dragon Con in a nutshell. Um, back to where we fit in. Um, I came in the night before and hung out with uh, Professor Hartley. We had some drinks with some of his writer buddies um, and just kind of took in Atlanta. That was fun. Um, the second day, the day of our panel, uh, 
Paul arrived. I met Paul at the airport and we went downtown and we just kind of gave Paul a little bit of a con experience. We went through the artist's hall when it opened, just kind of walked around through all the hotels so he could look at the cosplay and stuff because it was his first time kind of experiencing all of that. It'll be <laughs> fun to hear kind of Paul's perspective on his first major convention of this type. We checked in at our panel room, which was about the size we expected. Sat about 50 people, I think, or so. And the track we were on was all kinds of just Japanese culture stuff. I think the panel before us was... Oh, it was like uh, textiles? Textiles, that's what it was. was Japanese textiles and history. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The panel following us, to give you an example, was a Japanese comedy, Mm -hmm. right? Interesting. Um, So those are the kind of things that were on this track with us. That's where we slotted in. Um, and going into this whole thing, I think we kind of settled on, you know, if we get 10 people in the room to listen to us ramble about baby metal for an hour, it's a win. Um, mm-hmm. So we had no expectations of this. Um, so we checked in at the room, um, just wanted to see where it was and that kind of thing. And then just kind of wandered around the rest of the afternoon, had lunch, uh, wandered around the con, that kind of thing. And then we came back to the room, you know, about 10 minutes before our panel was supposed to start. And it was a little surprising. Um the way it had it set up, it was, yeah, it was it was downstairs in one of the hotels, one of the smaller hotels of the con, and around a corner, and we come down the escalator and turn around the corner, and there's this giant line that's yeah, forming line. going into the hallway <laughs> where our room is. And we're like, well, I mean, surely that's not for us. I mean, we're near rooms that are talking about like Star Trek and other way more popular things, um, so we just assumed that these people were lined up for something else, and. You know, we turn the corner and see our door and like, oh, my God, everybody's lined up to go into our panel room. And this was a lot of people. It was a long line. Um, it was long enough to where when we walked past the line and into the door, the person at the front uh, mentioned, mentioned to us, hey, you know, there's a line, right? <laughs> to get into the panel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, that's fair. Yeah, and, fair uh, enough. Hello, uh-huh. person, if you're listening to this now. We, we thought it was funny. We don't. We thought it was funny. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I think Professor Hartley made a, made a remark. So, yeah, for us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we ended up filling out pretty much the whole room. It was somewhere between 40 and 50 people, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds about right. Um, to, I mean, people were standing in the back, um, not because there were a lack of chairs, but because it would be awkward to show up to a thing late and kind of walk through everybody and sit down, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. There was actually even somebody who was, who was wearing a uh, uh, shirt, too. Yeah. I forget which, from what show, but... Uh, but uh, that was that was interesting. It wasn't quite the sea of noobs that it could have been. <laughs> yeah, we had we had this grand plan and this grand document and this really long email chain with uh, our moderator and Professor Hartley deciding what we were going to talk about. And Paul spent tons of time on this outline that kind of chronicled how to get somebody up to speed in an hour and introduce them to the group and things like that. And we had basically had to throw most of that out the window. <laughs> uh. Best laid plans uh, yeah. to waste. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that there there definitely was a representation of people who knew them pretty well in the in the audience. I'm I'm not I'm not myself convinced that everybody was you know mm, right up to speed. But, right, but I think it it. I mean, if you listen to the panel, you probably could tell it. I I think it worked out pretty well. You know, it, it sort of it gave a little bit of an introduction to people who might have been dragged there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, we were able to get a little further in. Yes. Yeah, it was a. A little intimidating just to sit up there in front of a bunch of people and be expected to be an expert on something. And when I don't really consider myself or think of myself as an expert in something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially when, uh, I don't know, if, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the panel, one of the first things we did was ask who'd heard of the group. 
and every almost everybody's in the room hand went up and then we asked who'd seen them live and then again almost everybody's hands went up uh, so our <laughs> plan to introduce the room to the group and kind of walk them through the history and stuff like that immediately kind of had to get thrown out the window <laughs> atlanta was one of the places I mean, a lot of people come from far away for this but mm-hmm. atlanta was on the on the tour yeah. which tour uh, the 2018, 2018 tour, I, I believe at the coca-cola roxy yeah. or something like that if i remember it mm-hmm. correctly that sounds that sounds correct yeah so yeah, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to the panel it's on our feed the video version is on professor hartley's youtube channel um check it out i thought we did an okay job um, <laughs> like like paul like paul mentioned you know we got a chance to kind of give a little bit of background and history and introduce the room for anybody like paul said who may have been dragged to this thing um what what the group is kind of where they are what they're all about uh talk about their history a little bit uh paul did a great job assembling clips that we could show we had a little projector and a screen that uh let us show things like uh doki doki morning um we got to talk about sakura gakuin a little bit and where they started so we got to show some of that to show the i don't know i guess the um the contrast Mm-hmm. between the two groups and kind of where they came from because i think that's important history and context um right. and then we you know we spend i think the last 20 minutes or so answering questions from the audience mm-hmm. paul what do you have to say yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean I, I, that all that's all correct <laughs> um, i mean yeah i mean at being at the uh so it was it was great to have that chance to actually you know sort of like do the panel um it was it was pretty interesting to to see you know the sort of like the con environment too i mean you mentioned mm-hmm. being interested in and, and i i was pretty impressed with the the incredible scale that some of the cosplay uh outfits were um taken to <laughs> i mean um, welcome to the world right <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty interesting i think you know it's um I forget how big it is. 50,000 people, something like that is how big it usually is. I think it was something less like this year, but, um, and nevertheless, it has this feeling of like, it's a bunch of friends getting together, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. like, it's, mm-hmm. it still manages to be, uh, like a little, a little get together, even if it is five digits long and it's, uh, you know, population. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that was, that was interesting. I, I I'm kind of looking forward to the possibility of going to, you know, something like this in a normal year, you know, when I'm sure. when I'm not just trying to stay very far away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But uh, yeah, it was, that was pretty fun. Xbox X, was there somebody or total noobs to baby metal there? And did we manage to convert them? You know, I don't know. Uh, we didn't, we didn't really pull the room on that. I hope yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Like Paul said, there was probably people there that were dragged by a friend or family member because they weren't, their their friend or family member was interested in the panel, mm-hmm. so maybe I hope so. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That, that we should have asked that next time. We'll ask that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess at the end, um, you know, hopefully we get to do that again. It sounds like it's a possibility. Um, everybody who attends a panel at this, the the con has an app you can download to provide feedback to the con and all the panels you attend to. And I guess our feedback was very positive and um, our moderator was uh, was already talking about the possibility of doing this again Um, professor Hartley was also talking about expanding or maybe adding a panel on Japanese music as a whole Mm -hmm. not just uh, drilled down on baby metal so Mm -hmm. who knows maybe we'll have an opportunity to do this again next year 
uh, Professor Hurtley is a is a regular at Dragon Con. I mean, like he, he he goes every year. He had uh, he had like a dozen panels or something uh, this year. Yeah. Um. And so so he's a he's a guest. You know, like he's he's officially listed on the on the list. He had a uh, a fancy suite and access to the like the green room area, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. We spent a little bit of time in there. You know, like eating little sandwiches and watching the talks going on in the big rooms. Right. So. Yeah. Good experience. Hopefully we get to do it again. Hopefully I get to join next time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I hope so. Plan, plan a little further ahead. Yeah. yeah this was, yeah. I suppose in the terms of needing to get travel arrangements and all that, a little last minute for us. Very last minute. Yeah. That's true. It did. It came up pretty quickly. Although the demand on travel is so light these days that it wasn't that hard to right. <laughs> actually get travel. Right. Right. But I have to say that was a tense journey, uh, and a, and a tense <laughs> waiting for results afterwards and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was a very surgical uh, strike. I got there yeah. uh, very late the night before the panel and was on a plane back home about four hours after our panel ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I didn't even get a hotel. I was I was yeah. in in the morning and out at night. <laughs> yeah, Paul is even more surgical. That's easier to do when you're not flying across the country. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. Right, well, that was interesting. I wasn't sure that we actually had that much to say about it, but uh, it turns out we kind of did. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, what else has happened? I mean, so um, I guess what's happened in the in the you know world of wider world of babe metal is that we have reached that time when all of the um 10 baby metal budokan stuff came out uh and has arrived uh, probably the first thing in that in the sort of pile of things that arrived was the tarot cards i don't think we talked about that and that they came really. in they they came in more recently i think than our most recent recording but not much more recently mm-hmm. so i did not buy them i didn't either uh-huh i know shame on me uh, <laughs> They're they're nice. They're small. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're somehow. They, I mean, you never know how big anything's going to be from the, from the photos on the on the uh, <laughs> web, just because they uh, everything is you know photographed to look epic. Um, but you know, ultimately they're they're sort of card sized and they're they're in a sort of book sized container. But it is it's the art is nice. It's all it's like um, I forget the artist now. <laughs> I probably should have looked that up. Um, but uh, it's the same person that did. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of shirts that uh, have also been done with that same design, and including the one that I sort of am most fond of. Um, Starts with a ka. <laughs> well, normally I know that artists typically shares their art on. They have an official like uh, portfolio website, and they usually post it on there. Yeah, because they do stuff for band made too. Yeah, they have a portfolio that has all their stuff on it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, so um, Morbo in the chat pointed out it's Isana Kagami, and actually on the the official news release from the end of June, uh, it's it's on the babymetal.com site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it says um, these original tarot cards have been intricately and carefully designed by illustrator Isana Kagami, who has been designing many of Baby Metal's T-shirts over the years. So, uh, if you want to find out information on the illustrator Isana Kagami, um, there is a there's a site um, blackinkcraft.com, uh, and there's a um, portfolio that says Isana Kagami, uh, Japan, Tokyo, she, her. There you go. So, but um, but they look great anyway. That's the the bottom line is these, these they do look 
Very nice. And there mm. are photos of them out uh, out there. They they have sort of like um, foil highlights and things, so that they do. You know, it's it's they're a nice thing to have a physical edition of. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Uh, anyway, so not much more to say about that except that they mm-hmm. they they I think lived up to people's their, expectations. The expectation. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Uh, what else? Okay, so I guess you know, following along in the in the chronology, the, some of the vinyl records were arriving. You know, so Maggie just talked about the Big Fox Festival showing up, but they've mm-hmm. been arriving for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kevin, have you gotten any, or are they still all sitting in your Tenso? I have gotten all of my Osmart ones because I had those shipped direct. direct? Huh. No, 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 no. Sorry, I did not have them shipped direct. I had them all sent to Tenso before I realized or really looked that. They were all coming out at different times and dates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have half of them. I didn't buy all of them, but I have half of the ones I did order, which was most of them. Um, they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, they really mm-hmm. are. Um, I've listened to Legend 97 and uh-huh. opened that one. Um, yeah, the packaging is really nice. They're very thick. Uh, the records themselves, I think, are 180 grams, so they're pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. sound nice. They're mixed uh, better than I expected. Um, not really having a CD, official CD or live album to compare it to. You know, they they sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they do sound like they were a, a digital mixed and then printed onto vinyl. Um, for what that's worth, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm quite pleased with them. Um, you know, for somebody like Maggie who's gonna hang them all up. <laughs> Or hang up the ones to get and display them. They're gonna they're gonna look great. You know they're they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They're well printed. They're um, not printed on like cheap cardboard. They're heavy, thick, and you know mm-hmm. look great in a case. So mm-hmm. I'm quite pleased with them. The, so I got the I got that one the ninety nine ninety seven and mm-hmm. live at the forum. And they I, mm-hmm. I think neither one is like a gatefold. I mean like no, I think you've got slide. a front and a back, and then everything's in the middle. It's yeah, a slide. slide. Yeah. So so you have to get two of each if you want to you know, display them fully. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess, didn't we talk about this at some point? Like maybe hanging them in a transparent thing that, that could rotate. Oh, you could dangle them from the ceiling, you know, so you could like stand ah, on one go. side or the other. Oh no, I don't yeah, remember us talking about that, but that's kind of cool though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My second half for Intenso because they mm-hmm. shipped a month later. Annoyingly. So what do you think of the towels? All the all the non Osmart ones, all the, like ah. all the non the one ones came with right. little, yeah. uh, little well, representations of the art. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're the and they're probably, little. Yeah, they're <laughs> about the size of my hand and probably the cheapest material I've ever seen for a oh, towel. Really? Yeah, they're basically yeah. transparent. Aww. <laughs> yep. They they are not very high quality. Oh well, I'm glad I didn't get one then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess better to have a free quote air quotes free thing to come with my expensive vinyl than not to have a free thing that comes with my expensive vinyl but <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty cheap uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh it, i did look i mean like, so we were talking i think last time on the last recording about whether the covers were included on 99.97 and they are on the yes. on the vinyls i think they're not i think they're not streamed which is why the question arose, but mm. um, but I think they are, but but they're definitely listed on the cover at least right. of the of the yeah they're they're on there. I've I've heard them. Well, that's good. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah that's that's probably the the favorite of the vinyls I've purchased just because mm-hmm. it's awesome to have those covers in particular. Mm, 
as something I can listen to regularly without having to, you know, pull out the the video version of that concert. Right. Right. That that concert has always disappointed me a little bit in that there's something, of, you know, Blu-ray, even if it is Blu-ray, the, the video quality is just not quite there. That's <laughs> because they haven't actually ever released a Blu-ray. They might they might print on a Blu-ray disc, but they're not actually like Blu-ray quality. Oh, you think the ninety nine ninety seven was upscaled? No, I think they're at ten eighty p. But the 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 video they give you is ten eighty i thirty fps and a moderate bit rate. It's it's whatever they're printing on DVD. They're just happen to also be printing on Blu-ray. Hmm. Yeah, it's um. Anyway, I would I. Would, I would love somehow to go back in time and reshoot that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. Um, and it's cool to have the, the actual vinyl editions. Definitely. I don't yet have a actual player, but, you know, working on it. We can fix that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. The uh, and, and I think that pretty much takes us to the 29th, right? When all the rest of the stuff came out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had another Baby Nut Da Da Da. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was exciting. It was different. Buy more stuff. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh it's gone now too. I don't know if you noticed that, but like you I can't watch it that. anymore. It uh it's they broadcast it on YouTube. Um and it's like the previous ones. It was sort of like, you know, it's for selling these live um the live uh Budokan uh shows. Yep. But mm-hmm. then they took it down. So weird. I imagine because you can't buy that stuff anymore. Maybe. But I, th- I thought the older ones were there. I, I guess I didn't look to see if the old. Da-da-da's I don't think the old ones down. are on there anymore either. Oh really? Oh, I don't pay attention. I mean, I watched them, but yeah, I went. Well, I checked this morning before we recorded because I was going to watch it or skip through it again so I could talk about it. But none of them were available. Sad, because I did. I, unlike the previous ones, I don't think I grabbed this one. <laughs> oh well, somebody must yeah. have. I hope. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Uh, but they had so there was a little bit of special merch. Uh, that came along with this as as before the main yeah the main thing that was special to this was this uh drum backpack i thought that was kind of neat <laughs> mm-hmm. actually which is pretty funny yeah it's like it's like sort of half half an oil drum on your back <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> um i don't think it's actually made out of metal but uh no, 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 but no. it has that look yeah you could put drumsticks in there <laughs> you i could. mean it, i mean it was relatively big i mean it's not huge by no means but it was you know decent size i mean you could put a whole like wad of drumsticks in there <laughs> i don't know or or all like all your you know arrows for your archery yeah that too <laughs> that too <laughs> i think uh, my at least the way i the way i thought the way i understood this was this this actually um it's not for holding drum equipment so much as that it could serve as a drum <laughs> if you wanted to bang on that slip. Oh, yeah, I suppose I guess. you could. Um, you know, like you could accompany your friend who has the pail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But anyway, yeah, th- so th- that was interesting. Uh, I wasn't even close to tempted, really, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either. It was, it, you know, I think there's a certain amount of merch burnout that one does mm-hmm. uh, get to at a point. Anyway. Don't think there was much more about that. Nope. Not really. Although it sold out. So. <laughs> sold out yep. pretty quickly. Uh, the. I forget when this started. The the Tower tower had the. Um, so there were a couple of the, these different exhibitions. Right. And um, 
Tower had its own. It, so HMV, I think it was, had the first ones. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Tower had a different one. And, and the Tower one was supposed to have a like a recreation of part of the Budokan stage. Yes. Yep. I, I've been saying Budokan. I think they say Budokan, <laughs> actually. I think I think that middle syllable is long. Um, but uh, I think I'm just going to keep saying Budokan because that's what it looks like when I read it. Right. <laughs> um, but I remember being sort of surprised when I was listening to the interviews um, and they talked about this. And, and when they, you know, when I was actually sort of paying attention to what they were saying along with the translation, it was Budokan, mm-hmm. um, as if they stressed the second syllable which um, was totally not how I was expecting to hear it. <laughs> um, anyway, but um, so Tower had his own exhibition. It had, uh, uh, and they, like the other one, didn't allow photographs inside. So we don't really know, you know, what was in there. There's There was a Reddit post that talked a little bit about, uh, you know, in text what was there. So let's see. Uh, this The post was by Koba11 <laughs> is the user name on Reddit. Love it. At the entrance, you were asked to roll dice, and the prizes were given were a, a postcard-sized picture or a Budokan mask. Um, the poster won a mask, which was great, uh, according to the poster, because now <laughs> that poster has eight unopened masks. Oh, dang, <laughs> man. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess you get one for each of the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but um, anyways, a single rectangular room to the left, there was all ten gongs to the right, uh, Maw Metal and Sue Metal uh, costumes. And then one of the star-shaped crosses for the uh, baby metal death crucifixion at the at the beginning of two of the sets of shows. So, and then at the back of the room there was a projector running the Budokan shows, and then the central area there were three columns with pictures of the shows. So, oh. it looks like it, it would have been you know it would have been cool to go. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, and I wonder if we'll ever have anything more than just the, that report, basically, because as far as I can tell, everybody's been fairly respectful of the no photographs rule, mm-hmm. which means no record for us. Right. So. Exactly. But who knows? Um, Only the Fox God. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. That is the answer. Yes. yes. That's the answer. There was some, I think it was, I think this was all tower related. There was uh, some collaboration uh, merch as well. So, and the most probably sort of relevant to that is the the baby metal beer. Did, did we talk about that before? Uh, slightly, uh, I think. Okay. I think uh, we knew it was coming, but now we know more about it. Yeah, I, I yeah I figured out it was a it was a like made in Germany. Made in Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we it's would like beer. to assume that that is Mo's choice. Since <laughs> she wanted to go back to Germany and drink beer with people, right? I think <laughs> did she, she yeah. at some point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Asahara Brewery is who brewed it. Five percent ABV. Who, okay. who was it? Asahara Brewery. Oh, which doesn't sound all that German, does it? <laughs> well, so here's here's what we know from Deep L, um, and thanks to Paul Scanlon for finding uh, somebody's photo of the uh, ingredients label on the uh-huh. back side of the beer. So it's it's German barley, wheat, malt, and hops. It's three hundred and thirty um, milliliters. Um, Five percent ABV brewed by Asahara Brewery Company in Saitama. Yeah. Okay, so so there's a bit of Germanness in there, but it's not actually fabricated in Japan. Yeah. Okay. It's well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty common. Like, if you buy Japanese beer, for example, anywhere outside of Japan, it's usually brewed by a partner brewery. Oh. Um, uh, okay. Like Asahi, I think is brewed. It kind of might be brewed by Budweiser in the states. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so it's like it's the same recipe, um, but you know it's way cheaper to partner with a a big distributor and brew it in the local 
know, area. That makes sense. Then ship it across. I mean, you can get it shipped across, but um, it's cheaper. So that's pretty common for beer. Okay. Well, so anyway, <laughs> um, I, I don't know what I would, you know, if faced with the choice of getting this, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I guess I would, I, I sort of feel like I would get it because it's kind of funny. <laughs> but, yeah. but but then do you drink it? I mean, I guess you do. I'd probably I actually I'd probably it. you get I would two because, one like, to drink the... and one to sway. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you don't care about the contents, right? You don't need to right. save that. You can drink it and save the bottle. That's what I do. I mean, yeah, yeah I guess I so. think, I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. Yeah. When I there was when I was a when I was a kid, I went to Norway and got a Coke bottle full of fjord water, <laughs> and I kept nice. And, and in that case, the fjord water was the uh, you know, right. the, the nice. Coke bottle wasn't so much the the artifact. So I, in that case, I did keep the liquid in there. But yeah, that's cool um, though. I think I, I must still have that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just a a bottle of gross fjord water. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, <laughs> who can understand kids? <laughs> right, <laughs> but. Uh, there was also at the tower thing. There was also this mystic game, which I, I, I still I'm not sure that I. Does Does anyone understand this? No, nope, not a lick. Yeah, not okay. really. Uh, you, I mean, it costs something, so you bought a ticket to do something. Um, and essentially, the um, I think I think this was this was sort of tower centric. I mean, like, so the idea is, um, there are clues scattered around the tower store. <laughs> that uh you find uh, to solve whatever mystery is on this card that you were given and you have mm-hmm. like some set period of time to do it and uh you're they, they tell you you're not supposed to uh eat, like you none of the clues are hidden in non-public spaces so don't go through all the employees only doors <laughs> right um you don't have to like break open or deface any items that are for sale <laughs> and you shouldn't disrupt the other tower customers uh. so <laughs> um, and but if you if you solve it then you get some sort of certificate saying you solved it so who knows um uh i think that i suspect we're never going to know much more than that probably not <laughs> yeah okay anyway that's probably about about uh it then that same day the 29th um you know when everything was released uh that was also when the all the editions of the 10 baby metal budokan uh thing went out you know the 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 uh we we talked about all the different editions of this already but yeah. you know like there's a couple of different the one editions there's a uh sort of like um sort of regular people edition that's just just <laughs> nine, uh, nine and ten i think that feels so wrong to say <laughs> yeah don't say that <laughs> it doesn't matter Normies. what you own <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't define you what you buy and what you spend <laughs> as a fan. Right. Well, yeah, true enough. Um, but uh, but you definitely had to be pretty dedicated to get the the big the one edition. Yeah, or stupid, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, true. It is potentially good for them that they're on a like entirely on the opposite side of the world um, from people when they're making decisions. You know, because like. For us, you know, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. It was sleep deprived, button pressing. Uh, but anyway, yeah, all those arrived, uh, and we could probably talk through those. Um, so what that means is, though, that uh, in particular, that that big the one edition had uh, Blu-rays for each pairing of the shows. Yes. So yeah. we now have instances of all the songs that they played uh, that sucker came in the biggest box i've ever gotten from osmart for a single item yeah yeah that thing is, was it is thick honker it was and I, I, well, I don't just i just don't mean the. i mean yes the the set itself is huge the box i came in is about four times too big for it 
The shipping box. Uh, okay, that's weird. Like, it you could you could have shipped me you could have shipped a toddler in this box. <laughs> it was it was huge. Ask him how he knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my! Yeah, mine. I I guess mine wasn't. Mine wasn't that much bigger. Did yeah. you have something else in there? The the only thing I can deduce is that they did that because I also got the vinyl, but the vinyl is maybe a extra square inch bigger than the the, the box yeah. for the actual Blu-rays. It's not like it's hugely different. Mine came in a <laughs> way bigger box than it needed to box as well. So, but then again, I also got another set, another thing of uh, duct tape. So, ah, <laughs> oh, I see. Gotcha. <laughs> you can't have enough duct tape. Well, I yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the um, uh, I've, I saw a couple of photographs though of people whose whose things arrived, but with bashed in corners. Mm, so, yes. um, which I mean, like that's normally that's bad. This one probably would be like the worst thing to get a bashed in corner right? on. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. But uh, yeah. so I mean, like normally, I, I think it's it's worth it for them to overpackage at least this mm-hmm. but it would nevertheless it was it is gigantic yeah and you know so looking at it on the on the little row of just anonymous looking brown boxes yeah <laughs> that they look like when they're not out um it is definitely the the fattest one there <laughs> fattest ph yeah, for reference it's i think <laughs> it's about three the one editions tall of past one edition concerts mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> it's big yeah yeah it's huge and very heavy mm-hmm. but so um, but, and, with, and within it of course there are there are six you know six folders right i mean yeah. one one the photo photo book and then five for the uh shows mm-hmm. it's almost a cube <laughs> it is almost a cube it's uh, yeah it's very nice cube, I'm, yeah. I'm quite pleased with it um the uh, i guess i guess we can talk about the contents the photo book is excellent Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of the better photo books they've released, um, interpreting it, you know, from the perspective of a photographer. Um, I was actually talking with Darren. Um, I think I was talking, yeah, I was talking with Darren about it. Um, he always complains about the red in concerts cause it's difficult to shoot. Um, right. Shout out to our episode where we talked to Darren about photographing baby metal. Um, there's a lot of white light at this show. So there's a lot of great photos that look like photos, um, because they're not, washed and red there's still a fair mm-hmm. amount of red hilarious bad photos in it but there's there's a lot more white ones than red ones um which is great that makes the photo book to me one of the better ones they've released um and it also says a lot about how they're lighting their concerts now because they're using white light more effectively finally mm-hmm. um it's funny i actually i took a picture of they have a full spray full page spread in the book of just a sea of red and one of the moments it's a wide shot of them on stage and it's just all red. And I took a photo of that page and sent it to Darren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to trigger him a little bit. You know, Kokobo wrote this book um, that sort of details his perspective on all of these big legend shows. And we actually just recently um, from funny toss and capable paramedic got a big translation of them. And we'll talk about that probably next time. Yes. But um, one of the things that's in there is actually, you know, sort of discussing the, uh, the the very the very sort of intentional lighting choices that they are um, they are always red, mm. blue, or white, um, yeah. and that it's really it's really trying to go for a uh, kind of like a subtractive feel on the light rather than uh, 
rather than an right. additive one. So, I mean, like all that red stuff is, it's intentional. It still makes, you know, it, it makes for bad photography, <laughs> but yeah. 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 If, as a fan or an attendee, you know, that the lighting I think is great. One of the things we actually talked about on the panel a little bit at Dragon Con was how baby metal is more like musical theater than a concert when you attend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get it. I love it. I think it looks awesome. It's really fun atmosphere. Um, but as somebody who has experience as a photographer and who can't help but evaluate the image I'm looking at from a technical perspective, it's really frustrating. <laughs> All the colors are really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting that I hadn't it hadn't really sunk in before that, that, you know, there really isn't. There's almost never, never any other color. I mean, yeah. you can. Uh, if you think of Tales of the Destinies and Ine, uh, you can mm-hmm. see some green lasers in your head. Sure. But that's about the only other color I can think of that they ever use. I don't know. Do you count yellow and orange in Fire from Papaya? I would count oh, yellow. The, yeah. Yeah. I guess, well, that's true. Once once we get to Omajanai, too, there's a lot of yellow and red. Yeah. So. But, it's, but, it's but not you're light. right. Yeah, but you're so, right. As far as stage lighting goes. Yeah. I think those are the only three colors I can think of. Yeah, and I mean, I, obviously, it's been true all along. It's just reading that it, uh, sort of made me realize that. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess back to talking about the contents mm-hmm. of the thing. Um, I've watched I've watched about half of them so far. It, it, you know, it's just it's a lot of content. I haven't had a chance to watch five hours worth of concert. Um, I want to ask for you guys, mm-hmm. Have you? What, what are your thoughts on the mix? Oh, the audio mix? The audio mix, yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's okay. I've only really I've only ever seen the uh the live streams and that's it. So. Right, the nine and ten live stream. Yeah. Paul, what what are your thoughts yeah. on the mix? I'm trying to think. I, I hadn't actually given it a lot of thought. Uh mm-hmm. I but I have actually been listening to the audio CDs. Like so I, I um sure. I ripped those and uh listened to them. And I'm trying to think. I mean, like they're so, about the same, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm just trying to trying to remember what my thoughts were. I mean, I I definitely had there were certain things that I thought were less audible than I would have liked. Um, yeah. Uh, like here's, some here's of the guitar my thoughts. Parts, but, the whole thing sounds a little muddy to me. Uh-huh. Like overly heavy in the low end, and I lose some of the mids and vocal range. Like it's not the worst thing they've mixed and released. But it's certainly not the best. Does that kind of jive with your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I mean, sure. I, I, I was. I, I know that I was not feeling like, oh, this is the best. I mean, like I go, yeah. I, and in fact, actually, I know Maggie may not uh, approve of this, but I, in fact, sometimes just go back and listen to Legend Metal Galaxy instead. <laughs> you know, mm. eh, it um, is what it is. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, mean, I think Legend it, Metal Galaxy is mixed better. Yeah. Which is interesting because I don't remember having this thought during the live streams. Mm-hmm. I don't remember thinking to myself, the mix sounds muddy. I wonder if it's different. That would be sad. I'm one, <laughs> yeah, I would need. I want to go back and compare notes on what they streamed versus what I got on the Blu-ray. I, I could just be all in my head on this and hearing things that aren't really there. Um, but yeah, just you know, I'm not. I'm not super happy with the mix. Which I suppose is a continuing frustration with this group because mm-hmm. millions of other bands out there have already figured it out. And right. bands of lower notoriety are capable of releasing higher quality content right. for cheaper. Um, what is his name? Ted 
Ted Jensen, I think, is that yeah, his name? Yeah, Ted Jensen. Okay, so yeah. which which one did he mix? You remember? He did he, the uh, the Ten Baby Metal Years album. Oh, he did yeah, the, the album. He, he did the studio one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah the studio okay. album. But I felt like he, he worked also, on something else too. Yeah, he did the Budokan twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because I just his stuff is great. Yeah, his mixes are awesome. Um, you're not getting that quality with these discs, which is really disappointing considering the the price of admission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I I would have hoped at least that 9 and 10 would have gotten that. You know, that they yeah. would have recruited him for that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, Visually, uh, but, it's great. Yeah. I think this is one of the better edited, from a visual perspective, concerts that they've released. Um, there's certainly less frantic cutting between scenes and we get to hold on moments a little longer. Yeah, um, you're good. still not going to get, you know, it's always going to cut away in the middle of Megatsune, right? It's just, it just does. They just do that. Yeah. Because we have to accept that coming. at this point. <laughs> yeah. We just have to accept that at this point. Um, but yep. there is, this is still, I think one of the better edited visually, um, concert series that they've released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a, I did a kind of a funny thing, uh, earlier, which was, you know, thanks to the click track we can do this. Um, I, I put uh, five and six synced up with nine and 10 because uh-huh. both of those have this, basically the same set lists. They both mm-hmm. start with Big Metal Death Shin version. And mm. uh, uh, so, I, so I could sort of compare them. And, you know, because they do, because this is also precise, um, it actually, it's a little bit like just a multi-camera on the same show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not quite. And uh, I could say that what I did, discover was that um there's a there's a color difference which i was a little surprised by so five and six is quite a bit more saturated than hmm. nine and ten and nine and ten is the public release you know that's mm-hmm. the one that if, if if people only have access to one it's that one um so i'm assuming that's kind of the last one or the most refined one but they i guess they decided they decided decided to sort of back up back away a little bit on the color saturation interesting um so it, it definitely seems less red <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. generally. And I don't think it's lighting. I, th- I think it actually is, you know, actually processing. Yeah. The, um, the red is very red mm-hmm. on video. Very red. I, I suppose that's, that might be what it is too, is that they, they tried to make the red parts look less, <laughs> less red. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I think, I think I like the less saturated color of nine and 10 better. Yeah. I will um, always prefer the less saturated color. Yeah. Uh, and I guess so. Just sort of comparing the two, I would say so. Five and six. Five and six is the one that has uh, Onodari Dasakson and Akatsuki mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. um, and that's so. It's you know, it's relatively. It's relative. It's one of the relatively obscure ones, right? I mean, that you can mm-hmm. only get it. I, I think. Yeah, that's the only way you this, can get it is if you get it in the big one edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this one and three and four that are that are inaccessible any other way, I think. Um, and it seems to me that that one has slightly more representation of the Kami band in it. They jump to the guitars playing a little bit more often. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at them side by side, you know, like it, it, the shots are different. I mean, like it's it's definitely not just the same. You know, cameras running the same shots. It's they are, they are different and. Um, in fact, actually, I do kind of feel like the the five and six one, like they 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 sort of they often miss the thing that's on the downbeat. It's 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 kind of weird uh, in a way. Like they'll they'll show, like you know, if Sue hits a note, they'll be looking at something else. 
right. and then come to see it afterwards. So, yeah, I don't that know. Totally it's a, it's makes a little sense. weird. <laughs> but I actually, I think this is this was a really interesting experience though to have them up multiply, and I think I might want to try to try to you know set that up. Like I was just doing this by hand, you know, pausing and restarting yeah. to get them in sync, um, and. Uh, and the breaks between songs are not quite exactly the same, so you have to do that on every song. Uh-huh. But it would be kind of it would be interesting to do that, um, just in general, have like all five shows up uh, and you know like watch them that way because it is it's neat to see. You know, it's neat to be able to see sort of more context. You can see like what's happening on the big screen in some cases uh, and not in others. And uh, so anyway, I, I recommend doing that though. It was a little bit difficult. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know if I had much more to say about that. I, I attempted to do that with the other three that started with In the Name of, but uh, trying to get three synced by hand, is <laughs> I just gave up after a while. Because <laughs> I have the audio from all three playing in my ears, and I don't know which one's ahead. Sure. <laughs> I have to try to determine it on video, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it was not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I'm I'm quite pleased with with it, you know, the, the wallet paying aside. Um, <laughs> right. You know, just, you know, overall impressions, you know, I think it's very obvious that they were very excited to be back on stage after so long, um, you know, especially in the circumstances of the year. At that point, everybody had had um, you can kind of see that in everybody's performance. Um, mm-hmm. It's just all a little bit extra than where you see, you know, they're always really great on stage and they always have an awesome commanding stage preference presence. That's very fun. Um but, you know, I think they really turned it up a notch for these. And I don't think it's, I don't, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that that's, you know, they're extra excited to have been performing in front of people again. And that translates to the video as well. So there were a couple of things that, you know, we only, we only really got access to. I, I, well, I don't know if, you, I don't know if everyone's done this, but I mean, like the specific things that we didn't have before, like, um, I think we didn't have syncopation. I don't I don't think we did. I know we yeah. didn't have from dusk till dawn. I don't think we had starlight. I you mean like talking no, on video. Yeah. Um, no, syncop- Andrei, Desoxa, and Akatsuki. Um, I think all these syncopation was on wow. Wow. Syncopation. Oh, you mean for wow. Wow. Cause I was going to say syncopation actually was performed at, um, a couple places actually. And I know for sure Big Fox Festival was one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I just meant the the Budokan performances. I like, see. Like okay. We we had parts of one and two from Wow Wow, and but but we didn't have from Dusk Till Dawn. No. Right. Uh, uh, and we didn't have, and I don't think we had Starlight. And I know we had Homage and I. Um, yep. We didn't have BMC or uh, Brand New Day. I don't think. Um, no, we did not. So. So I don't, did did you watch them? I mean, I don't know if we want to talk, talk about those those now that we know them. Um, yeah, I mean, those uh, are the ones. Those are the ones, first things I watched. They were the ones that right. the shows that I hadn't seen yet. Um, man, I, you know, I honestly don't know what else to say other than you know they're awesome performances. It was cool to see them. Um, I think mm-hmm. that copy of Brand New Day might be better than the one they did at Legend Metal Galaxy. Um, it, it feels just feels a little bit more refined. It feels edited and um, shot better. Mm-hmm. Than it did at yeah. Legend Metal Galaxy. Yeah, um, I felt like mm, just the screens kind of too enveloped them a little too much at Legend Metal Galaxy. Whereas, you know, that performance, because I've seen like clips of it, um, you know, you're just seeing them. Mm-hmm. And it, well, and I don't not know. even that, you're seeing silhouettes of them. Yeah. 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 Although so, that was pretty intentional. I mean, like the, the, oh, uh, absolutely. The, oh, it was. They were, yeah. They were going for silhouettes. Um, 
and I was thinking, you know, that's what I was thinking about the the Budokan one is that um, it's it had the potential to be not silhouette based, but the, but they still managed to kind of silhouette it anyway, um, you yeah. know, because the lights really weren't on them. It was just lit, but they were just lit from below by the stage. So only a few shots really you can see them. Most of the time mm-hmm. they're still just shadows. Yeah. But still, the the scales are much better. Um, uh, yes. And I, I loved the fact that they did the snapping when they came in. Um, right. I've always, I mean, like, I'm not sure to what extent, probably everybody has experienced this, but those snaps are actually a little bit hard to time. <laughs> um, I mean, like, it, it takes a little bit of thought to figure out when they're going to sh- come because, uh, I don't know, for some reason they always, they always come earlier than I would have expected <laughs> until I learned how to figure out when they were going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, but you know it's cool to see that they did them too. Um, so yeah, they they sort of as they as they came on, they they uh, you know as the sort of like um, intro music was was playing, um, they they hit they mimed the snaps. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I listened to the Legend Metal Galaxy version of it uh, a fair amount, but uh, it was slightly different. I mean, like it was the interpretation, the vocal interpretation, Sue's interpretation was a little different. Uh, on this and that was interesting to hear too yeah uh what else Onidari Death Saxon was was even better than I thought it was going to be <laughs> <laughs> that's always good um yeah you know I thought yeah. song four was pretty good or no I'm sorry GJ was pretty good from um mm-hmm. nine and ten yeah the OD really kicked it up a notch I yeah as much as I I miss the original Black Baby Metal and Yui doing these songs I'm really quite pleased and don't think they could have done a better job adapting them for a Moa Solo. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it'll always be a little bittersweet watching it, but holy crap, are these performances fun, really well thought out. Um, and, you know, I've said this before, they've done a really great job making it kind of make sense in so much as, you know, a woman in her early 20s singing a song meant for the 12-year-old. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, they've just adapted it very well using the Amuse Kids and making it more of a teaching song rather than a. I don't, well, I guess it's always been kind of a teaching song. At least OD has, but I, mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, I get it. More like imparting yeah. the knowledge to somebody rather than themselves. Right. Well, yeah, it's sort of a, it sort of used to be it used to be like little mischievous kids telling other kids how to be mischievous, right? Yeah. Um, and. Now it's sort of like big sister telling little sisters how to be mischievous and get money out of dad or whatever. That's it. That's it. That's that's what I was trying to formulate in my brain and can't get there. Thank you for that. But but it was um it was it was made even more sort of clear I think than I was envisioning it before I saw it. I mean like you know she really sort of like you know she pointed to each of the each of the you know whatever baby bones people yeah uh, and you know like. In, in turn giving them instructions and uh, ran up to each of them and kind of yeah. encouraged them and stuff. And it was very, it, but it was very much like, you know, here's, here's how you do it kids. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the other thing that sort of struck me more than usual uh, is I don't, I don't know how to say this exactly. I, I felt like I, Moa was somewhat opaque there. I mean, like she was just like a show person um, yeah. there. I couldn't, I, there wasn't, there wasn't a sense of Moa behind it. It was really, mm-hmm. it really seemed like, you know, she was, she was like absolutely doing this. Like, um, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if she was having fun in a sense, you know, I mean, like she, she made all the right facial expressions, but she looked like um, she was having a blast. Oh yeah. 
this this to me and same with GJ didn't really look like Moa Metal on stage. It, it looked more like uh, Kikujimoa having fun. You think? You think? Like yeah, in a way, in a way that we haven't I haven't really seen since you graduated graduated from SG. Yeah, I guess what I was going for was almost the opposite though. That it seemed like so much professional at that point that uh, like well, I don't know. We see different things, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can you can be professional and be more yourself, a professional yeah. version of herself rather than her character, I suppose. Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was uh, uh, definitely. I mean, even with all the older stuff, I mean, the uh, all the sort of choreography and everything is very. It's very precise now. Yeah, ten years of dancing will do that to you. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Though another thing that we did find out uh, from that translation that we're not going to talk about until later is that, um, that probably as we suspected, but they had very narrow time windows um, to do this stuff. I mean, like mm-hmm. they, they, uh, uh, it, it, it is 10 years of, you know, practice and all that stuff, but it's 10 years in small bursts. Sure. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I don't know if it's a, what else was new. I mean, from dusk till dawn, I don't know what to say about that exactly. Um, uh, we were all kind of waiting to see what it was, and it looked good. And uh, they, I, I'm pretty sure that they they very strategically used a front center shot on uh, Sue Metal for almost all the time that she was mouthing words, so that mm-hmm. her microphone hid anything that she was saying. <laughs> That's quite the conspiracy theory. Maybe. Yeah, well, watch it again and see if you think I'm wrong. Um, uh, there's there's no clues from her uh, from what she's what her mouth does on what mm-hmm. she's saying also i'm pretty sure that all the all the sort of like falsetto stuff is is still backtrack but um even Probably. she was mouthing it but um uh but you couldn't see what she was doing anyway yeah so nice to have an official copy of that that can be released to the public true yeah i like That's, it it's a good song I, cool. I do think it was something of a remix too i mean like uh i didn't go back and listen to the album version but it didn't sound quite familiar entirely i think they did kind of retool it a bit maybe yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, BMC. I think I like this one. I think I like this BMC more than Legend Metal Galaxy, just because it's not quite so extended in the middle. Mm. Um, and they did a hilarious thing when they came in, where they where they they all sort of like oh, walked onto the bumped. stage and then bumped arms. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, great stuff. Definitely. Uh, but it's true. There is a lot of stuff. I'm not sure that I don't know when I'm going to actually sit and watch each one in sequence it's a lot yeah <laughs> and it's a lot of mostly the same songs i think which is why i haven't committed like a day to just sit down and watch it mm. um I can, I can only watch so much of the same content with only two songs changing every night sometimes three yeah. <laughs> i yeah I, that's why i think i would really actually like that multi multi-panel sh- shot you know mm. like for for the songs that can be in sync sure see them watch them all at once and i would watch that repeatedly as i you know scan around to the different shows at the different that would the be a cool moments. fan edit yeah yeah I, I mean another thing that people are surely going to do is like pick their favorite of them and then try to make a compilation that's just all of the songs all the yeah. unique songs but but i would actually like the multi-panel one <laughs> right. uh, more i think you, you know actually in closing i think the last thing i want to mention about this series of concerts from you know what we're able to see now is they didn't isolate Momoko as much as they have in the past or just the Avenger in general. She has yep. a lot of content and she has a lot of screen time, um, both in the photo book and in the 
the video edits. Like she doesn't have her own. I don't think she has a single headshot or anything, a solo shot in the photo book, but she's in the photos, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't seen with past Avengers, really. Right. They've always tried to hide the Avenger. Somewhat, um, yeah. And this feels the video edit feels a lot closer to an edit they would have done with Yui still in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, there's definitely a number of times when you see just Momoko, um, yeah. you know, like <laughs> sort of frowning or, you know, making eye contact or right or studying or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> the little, uh, the little, uh, studying motion that, that, uh, she does in give me chocolate. She's very, she's very, um, uh, uh, concerned about <laughs> this thing that she's trying to write. It's a, it's a funny expression she's got, um, in, yeah. in, in number, in a number of the edits too. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I saw it in, um. In both, uh, what were the, what were the yeah. two that I watched again? <laughs> Five and six and nine and ten. Yeah, there's so um, much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to comment or put my tinfoil hat on for what that could or could not mean in the future. But I'm just happy to see that they're not completely cropping out the Avenger anymore. Yeah, I, I wonder if that is assisted at all by the fact that it was just a consistent person throughout that whole se- series. Could very well be. If I'm sitting in the editing bay doing that, you know, having to switch between three different performers would be very frustrating for consistency. So it it could very well be just because it's the same person through all 10 shows. They can they can do that and not have a continuity error. So, yeah, so that's uh, uh, I guess that's probably more or less it for the for the release stuff. Um, Yes. If if you get a chance to watch them there, they are excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely recommend. I don't know if you can still buy them. Not the one editions, of course. I don't. But... Not the one edition for sure. Yeah, but I, I expect and I expect the nine and ten one will be forever available. Yeah. Um, and so I guess we could probably talk about the build up to the tenth. Um, there's still, you know, we're we're only about an hour and fifteen minutes in, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but um, but actually, there was there's not a whole lot to talk about there. Um, they did a funny thing on Instagram um, on, I guess it was the second when it turned the second in Japan where they, mm-hmm. they posted this like mostly black square with like a little triangle in the upper left corner. And that was pu- briefly puzzling um, until it became sort of clear that what that's got to be is the lo- the little hook on the lower right edge of the baby metal logo, the L. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so, as predicted, you know, and so, so then like the next one was just black. <laughs> if I remember right. Yeah, that was funny. Um, and then there was another little triangle. Um, and eventually they built up to a, like a nine grid of of basically sort of like, it's essentially sort of like a uh, cast in stone uh, version of the logo that I think they used for the live um, show. So it's got little, it's got little embedded images from the different, you know, from the past uh, shows yes. in the logo. It's yep. But it's all set in gray. Yeah, they just grayscaled that same logo and made it look stony. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned uh, knowing what it was almost immediately. I actually, Maggie and I had a little Twitter DM conversation about it. And I said, this is this is either after that first image was posted, it's either 100% the logo or the bottom hook of the kanji for sealed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when I went to look at the the sealed logo i couldn't see any any similar triangle so yeah I, I, there's always you know there was always because this was being fed to us day by day you know there was always a possibility that you know somewhere there'd be a surprise you know yeah yeah there, maybe in the middle there'd be a sealed logo or or a kanji or maybe it you know the worst case you know the very ninth thing would be like cu comma <laughs> right right but um 
but no, it's uh, it's kind of the way these things often go is it's exactly what you expect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no surprise. The nope. surprise yeah. is that there was no surprise. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah. Go be sitting in that's, his armchair. Just, just got him. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'm reminded of, well, I don't know what it was, like Airplane 2 or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Where, no. You know, turning on the runway lights, you know, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, so, you know, they, they reached that point. They, they fed it out in such a way that nine would, uh, the, the nine posts would be, uh, would get to us on the 10th. And then mm-hmm. just after the 10th ended, um, they posted a video on their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a version of the one. Yes. So. Very pretty. What do you think? Of, what do you think about that? It was very, very pretty. Like that was some, that was that was cry inducing. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was really really good. Um, all the I mean, for those who may have may have not seen it, I'm sure most people have. But if you haven't, it's just really pretty. So it's obvious that they've shot this like before a performance of the Budokan because it they are in the Budokan or at least Sue is at the beginning and then Moa kind of walks around uh, during mm-hmm. the ha- better half of the song. That's what makes it the better half. <laughs> hey, <Huh>. hey. <laughs> I have my favorites. Anyway, um, so they have a uh, a setup of lights on the seats of the Budokan, and they flash like gently during her singing. And it's not just the one, but it's the one English version, but it's also the one English mm-hmm. version unfinished, which was is mm-hmm. I always think is just ad- absolutely beautiful. I I just love it. Um, and then like towards the end of the song. Um, there's this whole big CGI thing where it's them two walking up the Living Legends stairs up to the lights and, and then they shoot off into space and it's just, I don't know. It's just something about it is just mm, chef's kiss. It was just awesome, I think. But yeah. it was very, very pretty, very well done and not exactly what I expected, but which is what they're good at. Um <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was it was still just it was just very nice. Although people tend to hate on the one a lot, <laughs> I don't know why, but eh, oh well. I, I know my opinion of that song sort of oscillates a little bit. Um, uh, it it has highs and lows. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> sometimes I li- sometimes I like it. Sometimes I skip it. But it works way better live. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not one I listen to regularly just as audio, uh, mm-hmm. but I love every performance I'm attending of it. Right. Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, like the the downside of that is that almost always when you hear it, that means, you know, it's just about over. Yeah. Right. Well, well <laughs> what, would you say it's bittersweet? <laughs> yes. Let's discuss whether it's bitter or sweet or bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it was really, it was cool that they, they had Maggie, a, Maggie, Maggie just got what was going on there. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, audience. Who's not, if you're not in our Discord, we had a little conversation in our general chat about that. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna relive it for yeah. the episode, but that that's a little bit. Join our Discord if you want to be in, in on inside jokes like that. Yes, right. Even though that probably will not make it into the feed, but <laughs> so the people who heard it are in the chat room. Maybe I'll leave yeah. it in just for that reason. Uh, yeah, it was cool that they used the the 
Budokan, you know, when they when they had the opportunity to do this, yeah, mm-hmm. that they actually filmed this because clearly they, I mean, they filmed this no later than April, right? Yeah, um, right. And so, and there was no, there were no musicians. Uh, I mean, this the, what the unfinished version has is just like strings and it's piano. piano. So I mean, yeah. like this, it's it's all kind of backtrack and vocals. Um, but it was it was really nice. Um, they definitely did set this up not to answer any questions exactly like so right how and it is my belief that they well i mean it's my guess not necessarily belief that um they may not actually know really what's happening so it's not like there's information they know that they're withholding from us but they've Mm -hmm. set it up in such a way that any continuation is possible you know this could be this could be the you know if if in fact they in a little while say, all right, well, yeah, that was, that was it. It was fun. This is a good way to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't say that it's over. Right. Exactly. Right. A very open-ended. So, and I, I honestly, I, I would kind of hope that if it were over, they would say that it was over. Like they, right. they would do something more spectacular than this, but nevertheless, this is still kind of like a nicely packaged 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was actually a, um, on the whole like speculation of things. Cause obviously there was some noise on social media about it. Um, there was actually a really nice um, thread on Twitter that I read about like reasons behind, you know, why they wouldn't disband if, if they were disbanding. <laughs> I know, I know that's a big word. I know, but it was actually quite nice and it was thought provoking just more because of the, you know, the thought process behind more of the business side of baby metal, which a lot of people always kind of, I don't know, tramp on a lot. Um, but it was it was actually quite good. So I don't know, like all that all that thought process there kind of puts an perspective of if they put out this really beautiful just piece, you know, I don't think they're going anywhere for a while. So, but you know, that's my opinion, and it is what it is, I guess. And we'll just have to see. Only the fox goes knows, as they always say. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, if, if it were my project and it were over, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably sink whatever revenue there is available into going out big like this. Oh, okay. So I think it could go exactly the other, other way as well. Yeah, fair <laughs> I, enough. That partic- I, I mean, essentially that was, I think I know what thread you're talking about. And, and that particular one, it, it was really just primarily saying, uh, anyone who has any business sense wouldn't let this be the end. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that, I think that premise there, anyone who has any business sense, uh, is, <laughs> Somewhat up for debate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I it didn't it didn't feel like it didn't feel like I was convinced one way or the other because I do think that they may not know. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's I mean another thing that comes up occasionally is that another big act with a muse um, is a, one what is it one OK Rock? Yeah. Is that uh-huh. what they're called? Yeah. Um, Formally, they, well, it's yeah, actually they, one they Oc like, Rock, but yeah. Seriously? Yeah, it's one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one Oc Rock because it's supposed to like be a play on one o'clock because I guess that's when they originally started like band oh. practice was at one o'clock. So mm. they was that's one hilarious. one Oc Rock. Yeah, they 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 were um they had been they had been oh what's the word I'm looking for nominated for an award at the APMAs uh back in what was it 2016 17 I think it was 2016. Um, mm-hmm. And the lady had announced it like that, and I was like, "That's totally wrong. What is this crap?" And then, and, and, and uh, <laughs> oh, 
no, she was actually right. So, because, yeah, so, yeah, no, it's one, one Ock Rock. That's interesting. Mm. I've, so I've never heard it actually spoken. I've only read it. So, um, <laughs> same here. Very interesting. Well, anyway, so, so they, they fairly recently, I haven't, didn't follow this too carefully, but they fairly recently went, they split from Amuse and are independent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think partly so that they can pursue international opportunities or whatever. Uh, Amuse itself is changing in various ways, you know, so they, they've, um, dropped the Sakura Gakun project. Um, and I just, part of what made me think about this is just like yesterday, two days ago or something, mm-hmm. I got something from Stolabo Tokyo, uh, which is their sort of like video hosting, um, service mm-hmm. that said, um, they're not accepting any new, um, you cannot resubscribe anymore. So once the existing subscriptions run out, it's over. Oh. Uh, so, and that's, that was the place where, um, like Night of Spica was the main reason that I was there. Um, but mm. I mean, like they, they had, there's a, a bunch of videos from, uh, sort of like SG alums and stuff as well as other Amuse acts there, but it seems like they're shutting that down. And so I'm, I am now kind of wondering if, if Amuse really is going, undergoing some kind of reorganization that might ultimately lead to baby metal being independent or different in some way that could lead them not to know what's next. I mean, like they might, they might not know what's next because they don't know what the bureaucratic organizational structure is going to be. Right. Huh. Um, That does kind of make things, that does kind of change the thought process a little bit, I guess. And I don't, I actually don't understand the relationship between toys factory and amuse and baby metal either. Like it's quite possible that baby metal could leave, leave amuse and still be with toys factory. Uh That's likely, I think, but I don't, I don't really know how all these, entities interact yeah because muse is just like their like management aren't they i think what's well, their record label yeah well their record toys factory is the record label yeah toys factory is the record label as long as uh, among muse is the talent agency baby metal right. records slash cooking vinyl and ear ear something but i think that's just ear they're, music, yeah. they're just distributors essentially i think yeah, there's a lot of companies involved. So, yeah. Ear Music, I think, is European distribution and um, Cooking Vinyls uh, uh, US, I think. Yeah. But anyway, so so part of what I was thinking about the uh, uh, indecision here is it might be it might be like a show that got canceled and is jumping networks, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. sometimes uh-huh. sometimes they will sort of close off season five and then season six will be on you know UPN or something. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you can't say that. Nobody in our audience is going to remember UPN or know what that was. I, I understand. I know. <laughs> it would and be actually, like it would be like jumping to Netflix. Yeah, yeah probably. Essentially. That's, there that's you probably go. better. That's the better correlation there. I'm trying to think what it was. What was the thing of Buffy Paul, maybe? Or, yeah. or, Dragon Fury uh, in chat just said Paul dated himself hard. And I agree. He dated himself yeah. hard there. Yeah. Just a wee bit there, sir. <laughs> There was there were a couple of there were a couple of series from my era that did that. I think um, I think Buffy might have done that. Um, Sliders did that. Uh, uh, Babylon Five did that. I think where oh, they kind really? of made it part way on one one network yeah. and then jumped somewhere else for the for the end. Oh, I didn't realize that. Star Trek Voyager was the flagship show for UPN. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. I like that show. That's a good show. <laughs> UPN, Sorry. Uh, that's, the P in that is Paramount, right? I mean, so that's still, yeah, it's still uni- Star Trek. Universal you know United Paramount. And Paramount? Oh, no. that no. makes sense now. No, it's uni- is it United or is it Universal? Paramount Network. Uh, I Do thought it know. was Universal. I don't remember. But, it's, eh. something Paranou- it's something Paramount Network. 
Yeah. Oh, Which okay. is still the place that you find all the Star Trek properties. Right. right. Of TV properties. Now they have Paramount Plus on whatever. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. I'm sure we could have found out all about this at the you know neighboring <laughs> neighboring room at Dragon Con. Yeah, back back to the 21st century. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, like at this point, in a sense, we were told they were going to be sealed away from view. Um, uh, we've heard a little bit from Koba interviews about his book and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of, and in fact, I think from Toys Factory officially too, that you know, essentially, they are out of view until unsealed. And that's all we know. And Koba yes. uh, said something like, who knows, you know, well, he said only the Fox God knows, but, but uh, you know, it's like, could be one year, could be five years, could be 10 years. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that in a sense that was just kind of um, either sort of a turn of phrase or just, uh, you know, just being dramatic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's just hyperbole. Um, but I don't. It's I, not I do. coming. It's not coming back in 10 years. If it's not back in two, I think they're done. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that is probably correct. Uh, but I I do sort of suspect that it is not just sort of you know health related. You know that that I think that uh, it's not just waiting for the pandemic to end. That there's there yeah. are other things, other questions, and part of the obvious questions could be: Do we still want to do this? But I mean, like mm-hmm. they've been answering that question in the affirmative fairly uh, regularly in interviews. Um, yeah, for a while. And emphatically. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I think where I stand on the whole thing is it doesn't make business sense for them to just close, right? right? You don't Especially. spend ten years building this brand. Like if they were going to end, it would have been after Yui left. They they committed to a new thing. They went through a hard transition. They started building momentum again with Metal Galaxy. Then toured, and then the pandemic happened, which screwed the entire industry, not just maybe Metal. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do a great job adapting to it. You know, they could have done more. You know, that's a complaint we're always going to have. But, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight 2020. 2020, I get it. <laughs> they still have an incredibly powerful brand, you know, that's international. Um, if I'm on the Muse board, I want to do everything to keep this group because we lost Wanak Rock. Okay. So our other only other big international presence is Perfume. Um, and I would actually argue that. Baby Metal has a bigger international footprint yeah, than Perfume. Yeah, they do. They just actually because do. They've spent, a, they've spent a lot more time overseas than Perfume has. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would want to do everything to keep this group in my portfolio. Right. If I'm on the Amuse board. So that, yeah. that's my that's my business sense. Um, but at the same time, Koba's always been given basically full control, as far as we know, to do whatever the heck he wants. So if he wants to end it, you know, I don't think that the board will be able to stop him. Um, I see this as a couple of things. They can't tour internationally at the moment. Mm -hmm. They're coming up on about the right time to start releasing new music. Yeah. Um, they might not know exactly where they want to go. You know, maybe they want to flip, flip the narrative a bit and go a completely new direction Mm -hmm. inspired by the metal resistance era. Um, but really for me, the only conclusion I can draw from, the messaging, the interviews, and the video they posted very late on the tenth is that we're we're transitioning into something new. We're saying thank you and goodbye to the last ten years. That's all this video is for. Thanks for coming with us on this journey. Let's let's file fly away into the galaxy and see where it goes from here. Yeah, and that, who knows what that means for um, like assuming that they do continue and do something else. You know, it still might be that we don't see much. You know. Uh, Megitsune anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Could be. Um, so who knows? Yeah. And I guess the, the other thing about the business sense angle is that there's always a risk with um, the argument that, that MUs could not let this go because it's just making them too much money is that, um, you know, one, one option they would always have is just to say, okay, kick everyone out. You know, um, we're going to bring in a new manager and, and, uh, some new, you know, fresh SG alums mm-hmm. and just start over. Um, and in a sense, you know, th- I don't think that would be likely to be what we want, um, to see, Mm-mm. but, but it would, you know, it would make, it would still, it would do the business thing that the business people wanted for a while. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, be interesting so, to know who owns the rights to the the name and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's quite possible that, you know, back in 2010, this was not a major thought on Koba's mind, right. you know, right. uh, keeping the rights to that. So I could easily mm-hmm. imagine that signing that away to your employer as work product. Yeah. Mm. I mean, so, really all that to say, I I don't think this is the end. Mm-hmm. I don't see them ending on a 50% capacity Budokan months before a cryptic, quote unquote, end to a group. I think they're, if they're going to end, we will see one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether that be a video or some sort of big blowout live when they can have a full capacity venue and international fans can take part. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it's I would not I can't imagine for somebody who spent 10 years building a portfolio of lore story and, you know, aura to just go out on a whimper like that. It doesn't make sense if you've paid attention at all to what they've yeah. done in the last 10 years and how they've presented themselves as a group. Mm-hmm. It would be like the final chapter literally just saying, see you after a thousand page novel. <laughs> you know <laughs> i think so although I, I, yeah the only the only thing is that i think if the if the budokan shows had been full strength you know if there hadn't been the pandemic issue um that's exactly how they would have ended i think yeah I, oh, yeah, yeah i can see that so so that's that's the only thing that sort of pushes against that a little bit is that they they did kind of do exactly what you would expect them to do if they were ending yeah un, under the conditions that they were allowed yeah I think it's also no. Yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning too. There's some major life milestones coming up in the next year that mm-hmm. you know maybe they're sealing to give mm-hmm. you know Sue and Moa the opportunity to to complete. You know yeah, they're, they're both if they're both on track, they should be graduating university this year. We know Moa is in university, yeah. so this would be the year she graduates her final year. And I'm I know that's difficult for anybody, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So maybe they're doing that. If Sue's also in university, she would be. If not last year, this year, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what she's doing. She might be graduating um, so in this, December. <laughs> this, yeah, so this this could be just so that they can finally finish uni and catch up on real life. You know, they haven't really taken a break in 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, almost half their lives have they've devoted to being performers and always being on the road and, you know, doing various things. Mm-hmm. So, heck, take a vacation. Even if it's <laughs> just a vacation, take a year off, you know? Yeah, I agree. I t- I totally 100% agree on that. I think Moa said at some point in one of these recent interviews that like she observed that more than half of her life has been in this yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. Go spend some money, go to Disneyland, have some fun, you know, mm-hmm. be young. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's true that uh, this, whenever we talk about that, it has, it is remarked upon that, um, you know, we're, we're in what, uh, October now. And, yeah. uh, 
the last thing we know they did was in April. Right. <laughs> so yeah. uh, right. The, the break has started for them uh, a while Definitely. back, even though not for us. Definitely. So, anyway, so we'll see. But at least for the foreseeable future, we still have things to talk about here on the podcast. And oh, yeah, definitely. We've managed to burn through an hour and a half already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, still plenty to talk about. Still a lot of mm-hmm. cool things to share. A lot of translations. A lot of just thought processes and stuff. Yeah. But next time, I think it would be a good time to talk about the uh, the Cobra Metals Legends book. Um, yes, I agree. Since we recently got a translation of that, and I think that I, I found it pretty interesting to read, and I would like to reread it too. Yes, yeah. But and then I think after that, um, there's still there's still a ton of stuff. Translations. We uh, at some point we've been planning on talking about the evolution of the costumes, and there's there's all kinds of stuff that uh, there's still things to talk about even while they're you know sealed hand solo like away. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So. Uh, okay, anything else that we want to say this time? Stick with us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Hopefully okay. hopefully, it won't be another month before we record again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So that's it for this episode. Uh, you can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you. See you. <laughs>